0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: The five most popular quarterbacks in Vikings history. We dive into that controversial topic on today's Minnesota Sports Rankum.
0: This is Minnesota Sports Rankum,
1: part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. It's the show that settles debates and starts new ones. It's Minnesota Sports Rankum on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Welcome in. I'm Sam Ekstrom, part of the Ron Johnson Show, the Minnesota Football Party, and right here your weekly episode of Minnesota Sports Rankum, where we tackle tough topics in Minnesota sports. I'm joined by Luke Inman, as always. He's at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter. He writes the NFL Draft Buzz newsletter, also an integral part of the Minnesota Football Party. And Luke, we've both been binging quarterback on Netflix on about Kirk cousins. We're going to be talking about that at length in the Minnesota football party, but it has inspired today's list, the most popular quarterbacks and we'll call it recent history of Minnesota Vikings football. Let's go back a quarter century, 25 years with the Cunningham year, 1998 being the cutoff. So he's eligible um, that period of time, the five most popular Vikings quarterbacks. And the big question is Luke, Does Kirk Cousins make the list? We will both reveal that in the next few moments. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Luke, same question as always. How challenging was this list for you to assemble?
0: This was pretty tough. There were some interesting names. Once you pull up the archives and go back 25 years, this was a little bit trickier than I thought. You think about the last 25 years in Vikings history, you think, okay, there's been some pretty bad seasons, some bad eras, some bad coaching staffs, and in turn, some bad quarterbacks as well. But this was a little bit tricky. And once I got that five put together, putting them in the right order was just as difficult. So I'm excited to compare and contrast our list as always, because as mentioned, there has been some interesting names to say the least under center for the Vikings these last 25 years. That's for sure.
1: And and we all know there haven't been a lot of entrenched starters over the years. And a lot of times the fans end up hating those guys. They like the one year wonders. So it's kind of a balancing act with these one year guys versus the established franchise, quote-unquote, quarterbacks that come in here. So, Luke, you always get the honor. Give me your number five.
0: Number five on my list. Did you mention one-year wonder, Sam? I'm going all the way back to the beginning, 25 years ago. That, of course, would be 1998. Brad Johnson starts the season as the starter. But it was Randall Cunningham, in the end, who ended up starting 14 games. He steals the show. Obviously, he was a huge catalyst to that 15-1 and season, that record-breaking offense the Vikings had. He just fit so well with the types of weapons Denny Green had brought in and the offense he built. It was such a great marriage. And when you think about that 98 season, Cunningham is one of the first guys you think about. He had the big arm to throw some bombs deep downfield to Moss. But he also, at that point, Sam, he was a 12-year vet. So he understood the game enough to know when to protect the ball and when to give his teammates opportunities to go make plays. He did such a great job, even with Randy Moss on the team, uh, spreading the ball around with such a balanced passing attack, keeping defenses guessing with guys like Chris Carter and, of course, Jake Reed. Such a magical, fun season for fans. So he's got to be on my list. To have your starter go down in week two like that, Normally 99 out of hundred time that derails a season for a team, but Randall Cunningham not only came in, found a way to win games, but he ends up creating one of the best seasons in Vikings history. And still to this day, the best offensive season, this team, this Vikings franchise has ever had. So Randall Cunningham, number five on my list.
1: Yeah. Um, look at his yards per completion. That year, like if you look at his, his years as a starter, you know, that number hovers around uh, 11, 12, 11, 11, 11, 11. It's always 11. And then that one blip on the radar, 14. Boom. <laughs> like so, so many deep balls. That average just got way up there. Passer rating, uh, best in the league, 106 that year. He set so many career highs that season. More on Cunningham for me in a little bit. I like to have a little fun sometimes with my number five. I'm just going off pure vibes here, Luke. And yes, I'm taught. I'm excluding someone like Jeff George by including this person on my list. But this is a fun show. Joe Webb. Joe Webb is my number five. And for what? One or two games, really, that he stamped his legacy as a Vikings quarterback. And it meant nothing. It costs them, like, draft position. It costs them to Philadelphia 3
0: or Andrew Luck. Philadelphia <laughs> game, Tuesday night, the Metrodome yeah. collapse. Unbelievable. The Blazer package, Joe Webb brought it all. I love this.
1: Yeah, Webb goes to Philly on a Tuesday night, and this was his first start, right? This was 2010. He was a rookie. Um, goes 17 of 26 in Philly on a Tuesday, 195 touchdown, no turnovers, six carries 31 yards and a rushing touchdown. Vikings knock off the Eagles in a lost, dismal season for arguably the brightest moment of the year uh, with Joe Webb at the helm. And you know what, Luke? I know you once did a video retrospective on this game that people forget because this was another lost season, 2011. Joe Webb replaces a pitiful Christian Ponder. I think Ponder had thrown a couple picks in this game, and the Vikings trailed 21-0 in Detroit. And this is when Detroit was good, too. Webb comes in, rushes for over 100 yards, puts together 193 total yards, no turnovers, two touchdowns at Detroit, and rallies the Vikings back from 21-0 down, gets to the one-yard line on the game's final play, and luke you know what happens next gets face masked on the final play of the game oh no call no call no
0: call what's going on
1: and on uh, i think he fumbled the ball in the play right but he's he did he played. did he yeah. had his face mask ripped off and but that was another great web game Uh, obviously we're not going to talk about the, um, the cameo he made in the 2012 playoffs that of course will get buried here, but Joe Webb, a lot of fun. We, We had the mobile quarterback man that we always have craved. We had him in Joe Webb.
0: I love that you went with Joe Webb, number five, sneaky pick there. A lot of kind of a cult classic, right? Like if you studied him coming out, you knew, and then you saw flashes of him. You mentioned the Detroit game and of course the Philly game as well. Even had a blazer package for him. They made just to get him in because he was so athletic, so athletic enough that when he left Minnesota, he went to Carolina, they ended up moving him to wide receiver. And then he hung around a few years there as well. Love that shout out Joe Webb. Great pick for number five. Number four on my list. So 2014, Sam, you remember the first year I started covering the draft professionally. And Mm -hmm. man, I got so into that draft class. I was down at the Senior Bowl. I watched Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo up close and personal. But I also watched a ton of film on Teddy Bridgewater, and there was a lot to like as far as the intangibles, the leadership qualities, this cool, calm demeanor. The guy couldn't be rattled no matter what you threw at him. There was just something about him that was just infectious, and players bought into it. His teammates loved it. Coaches loved it. The fans were all in on him. Then you fast-forward to the draft to see Spielman draft Anthony Barr in the top 10 for Mike Zimmer. And then trade back up with the last pick in round one. You knew it was either going to be Derek Carr or Teddy Bridgewater. To be honest, I was going to be ecstatic either way. But Sam, just the hype and excitement anytime you draft a first-round quarterback is so fun. It's so energizing for a fan base. And that's what Teddy Bridgewater brought to Minnesota. And after all those bad seasons, too, under Leslie Frazier, all of a sudden, you get this new quarterback and head coach combo. It gave fans so much hope for the future. His rookie year alone, people forget this. The guy had three fourth-quarter comeback and game-winning drives. And even one in the preseason, I'll never forget. You and I were sitting right next to each other with Rief Hassan versus the Raiders at TCF Stadium, the Gopher Stadium. And just from that point on, everyone just believed he could be the guy who could get it done, who could bring the Vikings to the promised land. And this is how you know he was popular and a fan favorite. Even when he left Minnesota and he started hopping around team to team, became that veteran journeyman, Vikings fans still rooted for him. They were excited for him. They just always wished him the best, and they still do to this day, I think. So the first-round buzz, the hype of a quarterback, what that does for your fan base – I don't think that can be overstated. And now that it's been almost a decade since they've done it since, Sam, hopefully we'll see Kwesi and KOC find a way to pull the trigger on a new young signal caller in next year's draft and maybe be able to relive all that excitement on draft weekend all over again. But Teddy Bridgewater, man, coming in at number four on my list.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. Quick question based on what you said. Now that you've got nine years of data, Would you rather the Vikings have taken Carr?
0: I mean, I suppose, right? I mean, here's the thing. What's tough? Teddy wasn't bad until the injury, right? Right. Up until the injury, it's not necessarily he was bad. So it's tough to say you do the whole butterfly effect thing, Sam. It's like, all right, well, I mean, would he have had the same injury somewhere down the line somewhere else? I mean, he wasn't necessarily injury prone. Yeah, He was a light, skinny, thin kid, but man, he absorbed a lot of big hits. You remember that Rams game? LaMarcus Joyner took that big shot. Mike Zimmer got all TO'd on the sideline. Even going back to his college days against Miami in the bowl game, he got rocked by Denzel Perriman, bounced right back up. No problem. So it's tough to say. I think the fact that Derek Carr is still lingering on as a starter, it would be the easy answer. But man, Teddy Bridgewater went healthy before that gruesome, fluky injury uh he was he was right on par with Derek Carr in my opinion
1: yeah it's unfortunate we never got to see Teddy outside of the shackles of a Nerve Turner offense
0: yeah that's tough
1: that that is that's a bummer that is a bummer all right my number four let's circle back to Randall Cunningham comes out of retirement Luke in 1996 right he was done resurrects his career uh, actually joined the Vikings in '97, so people forget that. But then takes over for Brad Johnson in '98, and you always wonder: is is the Randy Moss mystique the same if Cunningham is not his quarterback? Because Cunningham, for whatever reason, just clicked. Uh, his ability to throw the deep ball with such effortless arc and get it downfield into Moss's arms—he gave birth to Moss's rise. Now, would Moss have been a Hall of Famer? Without Cunningham, yes, yeah, certainly. He would have figured it out with Brad Johnson. In fact, Brad Johnson quarterbacked the very first game, and I think Moss had like a monster game against Tampa that day. Two year. touchdowns. So, two, yeah. t- two, two tutties, yep. Um, but Cunningham, in just 14 games started, 34 TDs, only 10 picks. Could have flirted with 40 touchdowns if he'd had the full season and, of course, gets them to the NFC Championship game where – I don't think anyone that uh, like has ever once blamed Cunningham for that game. I mean, he, he really did his part. did fumble inside the 10 in that game, which kind of led to the, the Falcons having life going into halftime, but um, Cunningham could almost do no wrong that year. And I know that he was overshadowed by some of the bigger names, the Carters, Robert Smiths, John Randall's, Randy Moss, but huge part of that team. And uh, even though, did flame out in 1999 he's always going to be attached to the most memorable team in vikings history that's my number four
0: yeah people forget he got some mvp votes that year too sam some offensive player of the year votes he was voted all pro team as well but you talk about just watching him hook up with moss those square old school shoulder pads that he would rock when he would drop back and wind up and fling one deep Just aesthetically, it was just like a thing of beauty, man. As a football fan, there's nothing better and more exciting than the deep ball. Cunningham to Moss, man. Chef's kiss. It was art. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it was magical. Um, And I think that it's, we'll probably find this as the list goes on. The quarterbacks that are attached to those kind of seasons are Mm -hmm. the quarterbacks that kind of live on.
0: Right? So go on with your number three. Who you got? Yeah, this one, I don't know. I'm interested to see what kind of feedback I get on this one. This one may seem a little high, but I just really think, just given the stats he's put up, the amount of games he's won here, I think even though fans are totally split on him right now and just where we're at in the midst of this tenure as we speak, I think once he moves on, whenever that may be, when we look back on the Kirk Cousins era, I think we're going to say, man, we were pretty grateful to have such an efficient, capable quarterback running the show for as many years as he did. I know he's got limitations, and he's not considered an elite guy, which is fair, but there's something to be said, Sam, about having a quarterback who is still ranked near the top 10 every single year and always having a guy who never gets hurt, who shows up every week. Knock on wood, of course, but think about just the past guys that we're talking about right now, whether it was Teddy Bridgewater or Brad Johnson in 98, Dante Culpepper, whoever, Vikings quarterbacks have been cursed with this injury bug. So, having an Iron Man like Kirk Cousins year in and year out, get under center every week, play at close to a top ten level every single game—that's just not something that grows on trees in the NFL. I mean, there is so many fan bases out there that would kill to have that type of consistency at quarterback. Not only week in and week out, but season in and season out too not to mention this high floor he gives you just be able to know every year going into the season we got a shot at double digit wins you can't put a price on that especially for a guy by the way don't forget you found him in free agency you didn't even have to use a first round draft pick on him too so love him or hate him right now I know it's kind of black and white that's fine either way but when we do this again Sam another 10 years from now I think Cousins will find his way into the top three again for me as one of the more popular quarterbacks we've had here. And this Netflix documentary probably doesn't hurt his case either. Just seeing the behind the scenes about how tough this guy has been and how much he wants to win outside of just Sundays, all the effort and energy he puts into the game.
1: Yeah, that's a great tease for the Minnesota football party where we're going to talk about the doc and we're going to talk, I think, about Cousins' current approval rating in the market And his popularity. And you'll find out if he's in my top five after I tell you about FanDuel. We're at the halfway point of the show, which means I tell you that FanDuel Sportsbook is an official Sportsbook partner of Locked On and a great place to bet baseball now that the All-Star break is over. No Twins tonight. But you know what you can do? You can lay down plus 2,400 for the Twins to win the World Series. Somehow, they they have tied for the seventh best odds, which is insane. But you can do that at FanDuel. I think it's because they have the easiest schedule in baseball for the rest of the way. Um, So FanDuel likes the Twins' chances. Do you? You can make the bet. And you can make the bet and get some money back if it's your first wager. New customers get up to 10 times their original wager back in bonus bets. So you can lay down 20 on that prop and get 200 in your pocket win or lose that's the way it works at FanDuel a great new promotion the FanDuel Sportsbook app or you can go to FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel.com slash locked on get those $200 back in bonus bets that's right FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball number three for me Case Keenum Case Keenum another one hit wonder and I think now my first three, Webb, Cunningham, Case, there's a theme developing here. Case Keenum, 2017, the execu- uh, executor of the Minneapolis Miracle. That's got to count for something. Comes into Minnesota, and, and Luke, I remember distinctly saying and writing that Case Keenum was having a terrible camp. Case Keenum should not even be the backup quarterback. I remember thinking that and, and publishing that, promoting that theory. All he does is come in, replaces Bradford, 22 touchdowns, seven picks, career best, 68% passer, wins a playoff game against the Saints. Just kind of a an underdog story. Blue-collar backup, didn't have a lot of success in the league. It flamed out at previous stops. And the key here is that he didn't stick around to sour the taste. Had he signed that next contract in Minnesota like he did in Denver, I think it probably goes south. I think he probably overstays his welcome, but because he didn't do that because he left after the one great year, the memories are so fond, none of the stench from from the future years is on him. He is just the guy that threw the miracle. And it doesn't hurt that Mike Zimmer got up to the podium and said Case has big balls. I don't know, that just kind of <laughs> added That's just right. kind of added to to the whole like aura around Case Keenum. So he's my number 3 the guy who uh, connected with Diggs in the playoff game.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love the fact that you mentioned it, leave them wanting more. You end on a high note, 11 and three, three game winning drives during that little run there too. And yeah, it'll always be associated with arguably the most magical play in Vikings history, of course, the Minneapolis miracle. Couldn't have done it without Case Keenum. Got to go and throw it up and just give your guy a shot to go make a play. That's what he did. And I love the blue-collar mentality as well. Just show up, grind. Uh, you know, not the center of attention, not the flashiest guy in the world, but just found a way to, again, let his playmakers and the flashy plays um, Speak for themselves, I guess, in a nutshell, Sam. So number three, very interesting list so far. And I like it when we show up, Sam, and our lists don't necessarily look like we just copy and pasted them. Both very different. We took two different lens on this one. So I'm interested to see your last two. Here's number two on my list, Dante Culpepper. Why? Well, first off, he's another first-round quarterback. And this guy had even more hype and buzz than Teddy B because he was the 11th overall pick back in 1999. So tons of excitement around him, big name prospect coming out of the draft. And once he actually got to sit for a year and learn the nuances of the game, which I think really helped him a lot in the long run, this dude just came out and balled out. Culpepper to Moss was about as good as it could get around here. That cannon for an arm, all those high scoring offenses he was a part of. And then, to get a guy that big and powerful that was as athletic as he was on top of it all, now you're talking about almost 30 touchdowns and 2,000 yards on the ground alone. And back then, think about it. In the early 2000s, there wasn't much more exciting than a dual-threat quarterback. He was the prototype who could do everything that you wanted. The guy you just love playing with and Madden, right, in the video games. Rocket arm, had the speed, had the power to run. He was just a big play machine, put up some video game numbers during his time here, and that's what made him so fun and so exciting to watch. And not only lived up to the first-round hype, but carried the team to some magical winning seasons of his own. Number two on my list, Sam, Dante, get your roll on Culpepper. <laughs>
1: Dante, another polarizing figure. The longer they hang around, the more we debate about them. And we've That's talked true. about Dante versus Kirk on this show before, and mm-hmm. it's it's controversial. And you you spun a very good case for why he should be in this top five. And you could also make the case that he was associated with you know, untimely injuries, boat party, losing seasons, collapsing nah, seasons, we right? We
0: don't talk about that,
1: though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, like, I didn't talk about the Joe Webb playoff loss, right? I right. Mean, we're all, we're telling our own stories, and I, I totally, the role, you can't beat the role. You can't beat I the I mean, role. so for that, for that alone, uh, I respect the choice at number two. For my number two, I'm going to go with your guy, Teddy. I'm going to go Teddy Bridgewater. And again, this is not a skill competition. This is a popularity contest. Teddy Bridgewater had a 28 touchdown to 22 interception ratio in his time with the Vikings. That's not good. Not great. You know what? He won games and he was associated with hope. First round pick new stadium on the way, new coach in town, a division winning team on the rise in 2015. Teddy was, Though he didn't do a lot himself, it was a defense, running game-based team. Teddy was a part of that. And fans latched onto that, plus his personality. This is such a personality-based um, decision because people, like, who didn't love Teddy? Everybody loved Teddy. You've got the kid doing the song for his birthday. Hey, Teddy. Hey, Teddy. Come to my
0: birthday! Hey, he got whatever his mom that. in the stands during the Atlanta Falcons oh, comeback gosh. game, going pulling nuts. it,
1: heartstrings. Yeah, Teddy and yeah, selfless, said the right things, did the right things. His coach, like hard-hearted Zimmer, getting all emotional talking about him. It's just a guy that everybody got behind. Um, so he's got to be my number two because again, it's a popularity contest, and Teddy was super popular, and again, he remains popular because he got hurt so early in his career and people will always say what if what if that hadn't happened we'll never know it looked like he was destined for greatness in that preseason we'll never know how it would have gone with
0: teddy and that's why he is still a favorite here in minnesota his third season too it's supposed to be the big breakout year he's coming off that 11 and 5 season they just won the division and how about this do you remember this sam just real quick he misses all 2016. Now in 2017, it's Sam Bradford show and then Case Keenum. But do you remember the Bengals blowout at home at the bank when Teddy oh, yeah. came back in and they let him kneel the ball, those final two plays, those final two snaps? The crowd, the emotion in U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, maybe you were there. Maybe you were covering the game as a media member. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, maybe you can describe it a little bit better, but I'll never forget that. And that just spoke volumes again. How passionate this fan base has always been towards Teddy Bridgewater. They love him.
1: Yeah, that was an incredible roar. Um, for him to take the field again like that after what he endured was phenomenal. But, and that was just another memorable moment along that 2017 ride. Uh, one of the best seasons in recent memory. Your just, number one, Luke. Just Inman. a likable guy, Teddy. The All right. Yeah.
0: My number one, Sam, they will never be more preseason hype for a viking season ever than what we got in 2009 think about it man i mean the man who's our biggest rival for 15 plus years he jumps ship he goes to the jets and all year all you hear about these rumblings and rumors about man i think there's a chance he might want He might want to actually come play in purple just to tick off the Packers the way they ended that relationship, that messy divorce like they did. They draft Aaron Rodgers. They kick him out. Then there's this huge circus that follows. You got players, the captains, Ryan Longwell, Steve Hutch flying down to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, ESPN cameras and helicopters outside his house. They get him to seal the deal. The rest is history. 13-3 and run. Another one of the more magical seasons in franchise history. So many big names and characters, too. AP, Percy Harvin putting up Rookie of the Year numbers. A great offensive line up front. Brad Childress pulling the strings behind the curtain. And Brett Favre, he was the center of it all. First ballot Hall of Famer that... You know, Vikings fans were lucky enough to get a taste of before he hung it up, and I know 2010 was a dumpster fire, but you would take that every time if it meant an NFC Championship run and all the magical plays and highlights and comebacks that came along with it the year prior. I mean, truly something out of a storybook or hollywood script man like you can't write this any better if you tried besides not winning at all that is of course but we don't talk about that either but you want to talk about popular sam brett Favre in purple the jerseys he sold the ratings on primetime television the games versus the packers the late game heroics versus the 49ers there will never be anything quite like that again in vikings history so yeah He's number one on my list with a bullet. Brett Favre, most popular quarterback of the last 25 years.
1: That is the correct answer. Brett Favre is number one. And for the record here, I have omitted Dante and Kirk for my top five. You can sling your arrows at me. I don't think they I don't think Kirk is popular enough right now. Maybe the documentary changes this, to be on my list. I don't think Dante was maybe popular enough in his time to be on the list. I think we appreciate him a little more in retrospect. Um, I'm going with Favre, number one. And you know, you know what? Speaking of the doc, Luke, Kirk Cousins said something so perfect in the Doc that applies to Brett Favre. And we know Favre's done some bad stuff. The the Jen Sturger, the infidelity, the uh the frauding Mississippians out of money, you know, the, the, the politics and everything like all, it's not great. Um, Kirk Cousins said, you know, there are some real jerks that win and people love them because they win. He said this in the doc, right? Doesn't this apply to Favre? And and he was great to the people of Minnesota in those seasons. Like he did nothing wrong at the time. A lot of it came out after the fact. Uh, but being along for that ride in 2009 with the gunslinger, it, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, and to come in here and really not make the mistakes that he'd made throughout his career in terms of throwing picks until the very end, of course, career loan interceptions, 33 to seven touchdown interception ratio. I mean, think of the moments, Luke Niners game, you know, the the Baltimore finish at home oh, to go six and So
0: good yeah
1: baltimore underrated game yeah by the way uh the the late game heroics the the cowboys playoff game mm, you know throwing on, throwing on fourth down up by 24 points at the You'd end just to, to, to rub it in yeah why
0: not us it's always against us it feels like right poor us right vikings fan why not us let's throw it on fourth down when we're up 24 why not
1: yeah yeah um He 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 really brought fans along for the ride, and he owned it. I mean, he came in, and he was not like he was instantly Brett Favre. Didn't need any warm up period. He was just that guy, and people gravitated to him and around him, and uh, that was that was a sight to behold. That'll that'll always go down in Vikings history. So I think that he's got the number one spot pretty clearly. Um, If you wanted to, you know, vote on his popularity now. Just in the world, it's probably not very high. But trying to capture the zeitgeist of 2009, it's got to be Brett Favre. So uh, do with that list what you will. I don't have Kirk. I don't have Dante. I think Luke left off an obvious pick in Joe Webb. So that's the beauty of the show.
0: (laughs) Honorable (laughs) mention, Sam. Honorable mention, Joe Webb, for sure.
1: Uh, we're going to go talk plenty more about Kirk Cousins on the Minnesota football party so go check that out as well but we're done here on Minnesota Sports Rankum, the show that settles debates and starts new ones again find us on YouTube On Sports Minnesota subscribe there free and available wherever you get your podcast Sirius XM Roku Amazon Fire all those devices all those apps thanks so much for watching and listening for Luke I'm Sam see you later Hey Prime members